Murder in the Black fam. We are back. So happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. It needs to be like a um, you know I love this. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all don't know, this is MD. Y'all don't y'all y'all don't may not know this about me. I love to sing. I actually do sing. Um, and I had a singing career at one point. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> but um, no, like there needs to be a name for Thursday. Like, you know, you have Hump Day Wednesday. Oh, that's true. There needs to be Wind a, Down Wednesday. Wind Down Wednesday. But Thursday is like the, the OG for real. It real. Because it's like happy like free Friday. Mind, I, I'm almost at the end of my week. Friday is the weekend for me. Right, it is. It absolutely is the weekend. So I don't it's, put in no real work on Friday unless there is some kind of fire. Like <laughs> that, I have to hold out. I will. I will stay up all night on Thursday so that I don't have to work on Friday. But I know like, that's so right. Thursday is like the OG. Like Thursday. So what? I mean, what is a good like synonym I don't know, for? I need to think about it. Like. I, I don't know. Whatever. But there needs to be something. But happy, happy Thursday, Friday. friends. Yes, happy Friday Eve. Yes, happy Friday Eve. Um, So glad to be back. So glad to be back. I mean, it's not... We have been away. Like, to to your credit, I went on vacation. You come back from vacation. I need a vacation from the vacation. Right, you do. And honestly, guys, like, we really are trying to, like, <laughs> do better. I know we say that so much. So, we're not... If we... If we're not good... Like, you know, let's that be the elephant that's in the room that we not talking about. Right? Well, just, like, understand that, like, the hope is... And right. And this is going to be a great segue. Because, like, both of us have full-time jobs. And more than one, right? Because we're mm-hmm. both mommies. And then we also, on top of that, have jobs that we do outside of mommy. Right. And it's just hard to find the rhythm with this sometimes, even though this is our passion and we love it. And we have so many other ideas for podcasts, too. But we're like, we got to be consistent here before we get right. to right. <laughs> and do the other things. But, like, the hope is that eventually we are in a, a space where we have enough followers, enough people that are listening to our content that people, like you know these platforms are paying us to mm-hmm. do the to put out content mm-hmm. that we actually don't have to like work so hard on our full-time jobs right. and we can make this kind of the full-time job right so even though we really are trying just give us a little bit of grace we are our fellowship is getting up there we really do appreciate you guys constantly tapping in listening and just to say thank you and as a way to kind of boost like our ratings on some of these podcast um platforms platforms we're doing a giveaway giveaway see i'm always singing okay so (laughs) so we have a giveaway that we're gonna give away two visa gift cards guys to the person that actually leaves the first leaves one of the first five reviews so Mm -hmm. if you're one of the first five people to leave a review um, you'll get a gift card. That person. We're going to do a drawing from the first five. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to put a drawing in the hat for everybody that has left a review. And that person to get a gift card too. So we're going to cool. do two drawings. One for the... Uh, if you're uh, the first five to leave a review on any of our platforms. That's Apple, Spotify, you know, all of them. We're Anchor. S- Anchor. Like, Anchor. Google Cast. Google Cast. All of oh. them. We're going to check all of them. And if you're amongst the first five you're gonna go into a hat just you guys Mm -hmm. we're gonna draw that person will get a visa gift card then we're gonna do another drawing of everybody that has left a review and we're gonna that person to get a visa gift card and the way that you get your card is by making sure you drop your handle like in there mm -hmm. or um 
Instagram yeah. in your actual review so that mm-hmm. we know how to reach, to reach you and give you this gift card. And so next Thursday, so this is mm-hmm. July 28th, mm-hmm. August the 4th, mm-hmm. we will do the drawing and we will announce the winner yes. on our podcast. So thank you guys in advance. We look forward to it. And we just we're really just appreciate you guys always supporting us. Yes. I'm your host, Steph. And I'm MD. We're going to get into our crime case for the day. But before we do, grab your coffee if it's the morning or your wine if it's the evening. But either way, let's get into it. So our case today is about Celia Huda. And we've titled this case, Three's a Crowd. Because it is. And it's no fun. It's no fun. It's no fun. You always need even numbers. Right. Yeah. Except when you're dealing with God, because... Right, and then you got... Seven. Right. Exactly. You know? And three. Three. <laughs> oh, and okay, three. Okay, three's actually... <laughs> let's... Three's a crowd in this story. In this story, with right. human beings, mm-hmm. not with Jesus. <laughs> We're down with the Trinity. <laughs> but in December, or on December 30th, 2011... A mother and daughter are driving down a road in a wooded area. The road was called County Road 225 in Florida, and they observed a fire. They immediately called 911 because they thought it was a possible brush fire because all they could see is the flames of the fire. And once the police arrived, they noticed, obviously, that there was a car on fire. So they immediately put that out. But they discovered a charred human body. And the body was severely burned, like over 90% burned. And they had no idea how to identify this body. They also found... Um, a paper napkin and part of a cell phone so they immediately bagged that up to use it inside of the case if they had to just to preserve it for evidence and they eventually found out that it was Celia Huda and they found that out through fingerprints and she was already in the system they didn't know why at that particular time but that is how they identified her and her father Uh, was unable to reach Celia after she had been at the home um, the night before. And there was, they went to her apartment immediately once they identified her and they saw no sign of forced entry and Celia's car was missing. So she left early evening on December 30th and just never returned back home. So who is Celia Huda? Like, who is she? Well, Celia was born in Ghana. She moved to the U.S. at a young age. We don't know what age she moved here, but it was pretty young. And she was 21 years old um, and attended the University of Florida in Gainesville. And she was a cheerleader. She was just an all-around pretty popular girl on campus. She was majoring in family and youth community services, which I didn't know was a major. But I mean, no shade. Like, I just didn't know that that was a major. So yeah. that's and interesting. You know, like different uh, colleges have different different majors. Yeah. Oftentimes, sometimes they specialize in things that maybe that aren't necessarily popular. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So many describe her as bright, beautiful. She was an excellent student, and she had just one more semester before graduation. That sucks. Yes, it really does. Um, but. Celia was 
what we know about the night she disappeared. She left her. She was seen leaving her apartment on December 30th. The police searched the area of her apartment. And neighbors said Celia actually left with an ex-boyfriend. And they said that she argued a lot with him. And so that kind of was their first clue into the investigation. And they said that, that that particular boyfriend was very aggressive. And they just, it was a volatile relationship. So the police kind of started there. Well, her current boyfriend, named Mike, reached out to the police. Like, once he found out that Celia was deceased, he reached out to them and said, Hey, listen, um, you know, I was in contact with Celia from Tuesday, from on Tuesday, Wednesday, and then contact ceased between us on December 30th. And he said they'd only been dating for a month. And he, he they told him about the guy that she was left with on December 30th that neighbors saw her with and they were volatile so they immediately kind of thought it was him like maybe this is the guy and he told them he was like no that's not me we haven't been together but for a month and he told the police that that was actually her ex-boyfriend named A.D. okay yeah so the police of course you know this this investigation in my mind went pretty quick like it seemed like they got lead after lead that kind of just led them in the right direction so ad is known his real name is actually antonio drayton he was 24 years old and he was just a player like you know Mm. a pimp whatever i don't know what like honestly you know he was such a i'm just gonna go out here and just get whoever i want when i want how i want it period right period but like he wasn't raised like that right like that's Mm -hmm. not it seemed like you know in in our research like Mm -hmm. he came from a very solid not saying that you can't go out here (laughs) right and like you know be raised one way and then act a different way but it just seemed like his family was so such a solid family that just kind of didn't even really approve of like the way that he treated these women or Mm -hmm. like would date so many different women Mm -hmm. but um he was he was like a mm-hmm. pimp he was like just mm-hmm. like that guy who i mean who you would expect to meet in your in your 20s like right you know i'm not i'm not trying to out here to you know trying to commit to but anybody. he also wasn't the kind of guy that was like being completely honest with all no. these girls either because like to me it's a diff- it's one thing to be like i'm young and i'm just trying to like date whoever wherever however i'm just doing me Mm-hmm. You know, like we like they like we say, like I'm just mm-hmm. doing me. Mm-hmm. But he was like doing him, but making these girls believe that he was like fully committed to them. Right. So, and and in a true player type of way, like mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm trying to switch you girls around. I want you to feel like you're the only one, but you right. ain't the only one trying to be the only right. one. <laughs> I'm telling you, you gotta watch out. Y'all gotta watch out. You really do. You really do. So, he met Celia two years before. And they began dating. And he, of course, began dating Celia and other people. Including this woman, a 42-year-old woman. A cougar. He got him a cougar. He got him a, uh, we call, the girls call him what? Sugar daddy. She was a sugar Sugar mama. mama. But, you know, I feel like we can't say sugar mama because, like, that's what our kids call our mom. Like, sugar mama off the proud family. You feel me? exactly. But she was like, but she was that. that Because Mm -hmm. she basically funded his lifestyle. Yeah, and and he paid her back in sex. He paid her back in sex. And, you know, she understood. What it was. Like, she was 
okay with the fact that, or I don't even want to say she was okay with it. She tried to pretend like she was okay mm. with the fact that he was out here having extra relationships, mm-hmm. you know, um, even though the truth of the matter is she wasn't. Right. She wasn't okay with it. Which right. is why three's a crowd. Okay. So her name was Cassandra Kimbrough. And police confirmed that he was the person that the neighbors described. So now they're looking at him a little funny. And in June of the same year, 2011, police were called out to Celia's apartment. AD actually broke into her apartment, robbed and beat and choked Celia. So not only are we dealing with a guy who's a player, but he there's domestic abuse here, mm-hmm. right? And she refused to press charges. And I kind of want to stop there and just say, I know that, you know, as black women, and she's she's from a different country, like, so she's not African-American. But I know there's a sense between black women, like African-American women that we don't want to get the police. Even if we call them, it's kind of like, well, I don't want to, you know. I don't want to involve them. I don't want to involve them. I just wanted this, I just wanted you to get out. Because on black men to begin with. We know what they've done to our boys, our right. men. And so we just, you know, there's on top of, I think, being a domestic violence, uh, you know, victim, Mm -hmm. there's like, regardless of your race, Mm -hmm. um, this need to protect, there's this need to protect, there's this need to, it's an embarrassment, Mm -hmm. so many different emotions Mm -hmm. that are wrapped up Mm -hmm. inside being a victim. Mm -hmm. Um, And just also just not being ready, like, you know, feeling like. Oh, they didn't mean to do it. Mm-hmm. I I brought this on myself. So many different, mm-hmm. you know, various emotions. But I think with what you're saying, Steph, is like on top of mm-hmm. all of that, mm-hmm. as African-American women, there's also this need to, I don't want to involve the police because they may be, although warranted mm-hmm. to like go to jail, mm-hmm. they may be extra, like, ex- you know, just too extra and right. end up killing this man. Right. And, that's not what I want either. So. Right. And, I mean, honestly, that that should have been... Even if she did... You know, the fact that she refused to press charges is understandable in that situation. Regardless if it's because you're truly a victim. And, I mean, she truly was a victim. Regardless of the reasoning behind being a victim. And, you know, the stigmatization of black men not being protected, protected by the police. Um, you know, that refusal ended up costing her in the long run and it's so unfortunate because I don't know if she was even capable of wanting to press charges in that moment you know I don't know if she could have made a different decision but she refused to press charges and he explained to the police when they were asking him about this particular incident he told the police well I was drunk and that's why I acted the way that I did not an excuse yes not an excuse so, Celia did put an end to the relationship once that happened. But she, well, you know how it is. It's like, okay, we're not together. You just too much. But, you know, I'm going to still kick it with you just a little bit. <laughs> right. Because I think, and it's so funny because I think that, you know, not to bring up R. Kelly, but like the song, you know, when a woman's fed up. Mm-hmm. But we always talk about that. Like, right, we talk about, oh, when a woman's fed up, there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Like, she's done. Mm-hmm. But before a woman is fed up, <laughs> she is like... Chance after yes, chance after... exactly. Just coming back and back and back. Um, not all women are like mm-hmm. that. Because I think, you know, you can have those very resolved... I'm, 
finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm already fed up, but she was definitely hooked. She was hooked on him. Yeah, and, and I, it was hard for her to completely. I can relate. I know what that feels like. Right. To like not be able to just easily let go. And I think a lot of that also is like potential, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing the potential. Because he was a charmer. Mm -hmm. I think what, you know, we... It's so easy to like look at the situation and say, how could she after he did this? And, you know, or any domestic violence Mm -hmm. person, a victim, like say, I don't understand. Like, Mm -hmm. how are they going back? But these are charmers. These are not like you're just average Joe that's just like, hey, girl. Like, he obviously could charm the pants mm-hmm. off of all these women mm-hmm. that he had. Because it mm-hmm. wasn't just Celia and it wasn't just Cassandra. It was multiple women. Mm-hmm. And Celia, didn't she, like, have a run-in with somebody? She actually did. But before we get to that, he says that his alibi for the night oh yeah because they're investigating him. right they're investigating him so they he said that although they would spend regular time together they would still have fights and so their relationship was still just really rocky he told the police that salia actually ignored him for a short time but on december 30th she texted him because they were supposed to hang out but he but she never showed up like she was supposed to be going to him but he said she never showed up and he spent the night with cassandra cassandra alibied him she said yes she confirmed his alibi and so there was another situation though that kind of turned the police's head because not only did they find out about this one incident where the police was called to Celia's apartment when ad broke in there was another situation so another domestic situation. another domestic situation but this time it wasn't with ad but it was about ad so the the second domestic violence situation that occurred involving Celia was involved a girl named Angela that AD met and was dating while, you know, they met at a club. So same club. The same club. That she, that she being Celia, met AD right. at. They met same, they, space. same space. Um, now, what's so interesting about this is that four days before Celia went missing, um, there was an incident that occurred between Angela and Celia where they got into it mm. and Celia had allegedly, you know, violated her restraining order, which is actually the catalyst for help that helped the police identify her fingerprint. Her fingerprints. So that's how they found it, because that's why she was already in the system. That's why she was that's why they were able to identify her because her remains were so badly burned. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were able to identify her from her fingerprints that they were, and she was fingerprinted because of the, of this incident. Right. So I mean, it sucks that this incident happened, but it actually kind of helped her in the end solve mm-hmm. her murder. So did this girl do it? Like, no. so they brought Angela in for questioning, and they're like, "Hey, like you had this incident with Celia. You guys had you you brought us a, a restraining order against her." What happened? And she said, listen, like, I did, you know, me and Celia did have words, but it was more in a woman-to-woman type of a fashion. Mm -hmm. She talked about how she met AD at the club, and she knew about Cassandra, but AD made it seem like, oh, we're just friends. It's Mm -hmm. just my girl. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, she was like, so she didn't really know much about, you know, like, that relationship between Cassandra 
and AD, and she definitely didn't know about AD and Celia, and so that's how Celia and... Full circle moment. Right, and so she said, but they did meet up four days before um, she went missing, and they just had a woman-to-woman where you know how it is, Mm -hmm. girls, where you talk to the other woman and you realize... We're the you're ones not my the enemy, play. right? I, it's not your fault <laughs> that he's over here lying to you and to me, right? And so she—that's kind of how Angela, you know, you know, talked to the police about mm-hmm. it. But she did give the police some clues into who it could be mm-hmm. because she said while she was at the club, she overheard Ad telling Cassandra that he needed some bleach. Mm-hmm. And why would you need bleach? Right. What are we doing? With okay. That? And this is around the time that she went missing. Mm-hmm. And so the police at this point, you know, they're convinced that, you know, AD is involved in this some mm-hmm. kind of way. Um, but of course, he has this alibi and they don't have anything else to go mm-hmm. on. They're looking for Celia's car because they can't find it. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what car she was found in, but uh, apparently it wasn't her vehicle. Mm-hmm. They're looking for mm-hmm. it. They finally find her vehicle. And guess where they find it? Yeah. Like down the street in another apartment complex from where AD lives. So AD lives in the whoever placed it there. God, AD lives in like apartment complex A, and down the street is apartment complex B. Right, and the the car is in apartment complex B. Right, inside the car is Celia's purse, wallet. They're all in the front seat. Mm -hmm. The car is saturated in gasoline. But it's wiped clean of fing- fingerprints or any like any kind of so you can tell somebody's cleaning up purposely right? wiped purposely it cleaning down. up wiping it down, and so they're trying to figure out what you know what can they do to tie AD to this because he's alibi. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else that they have, and so AD and we didn't share this with you at the beginning, but AD was um adopted mm-hmm. or he was a part of a foster family mm-hmm. i don't know if they formally adopted him but and um he, they lived in stark florida and so they they were like which was close to where mm-hmm. salia's body was mm-hmm. found mm-hmm. and so they were like let's go talk to this family mm-hmm. and see you know when's the last time y'all talked to ad when's the last time y'all seen him and so they did and the family said oh yeah like we saw him on December the 30th, he came to our house, like, unexpected, like, just randomly showed up unannounced and was asking for money to get gas. Mm-hmm. And they also, at the, when he went and got gas, who was in the car? Or did they see anybody in the Cassandra. car? Cassandra. They saw a girl. Okay. I don't know if they ID'd Cassandra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you? I think it's Cassandra. They saw Cassandra. They saw Cassandra. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if they had id Yeah. But they saw a girl in the car. So, so, so they're like... The police are like, okay, now we know uh, AD and Cassandra are, are involved in this. They actually go to, you know, different gas, gas, uh, gasoline. gasoline. They actually go to different gas stations mm-hmm. and they find footage mm-hmm. of, you know, Cassandra mm-hmm. getting gas in a gas can. Guys. <laughs> Like, you know, just sloppy. You know? Yeah, very. Just sloppy. So, now they know that that these two are possibly involved. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you know, we're sitting here. We have the benefit of hindsight, right? Mm -hmm. And so, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, they're getting gas. She was burned. Boom. Mm -hmm. Linked. But as an attorney, it's really not that simple. And that is not... It's it's 
some circumstantial mm-hmm. evidence, and mm-hmm. you can convict on circumstantial evidence, but you need so much more. Right. And so good police and detective work says, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep digging, right? Right. So they decide, let's go ahead and bring Cassandra in. Like, they don't want to bring AD in again. They want to bring her in to see if, you know, by presenting or just kind of, you know, alleging that there's more that they found that maybe she'll change her story. But she doesn't. She confirms again AD's, um, you know, initial story. She alibis him again, and she just sticks to her guns. So the police, they let her go because they're like, they know they, they're they on the right track. And so they, be, they begin to continue to, um, you know, investigate. They have more to be able to, um, more just clout to be able to pull additional records so they Mm -hmm. they go and they pull cell phone records which actually places ad at the scene of the crime 10 minutes prior to that 911 call Mm -hmm. you talked about Steph, Mm -hmm. and then get this they find dna evidence that he left on the scene remember that napkin Mm -hmm. you talked about Mm -hmm. his dna was actually on that napkin yes thank (laughs) god they kept it and preserved it yes exactly um, and so once they had all that, that was enough. Now we don't just have circumstantial evidence. We have DNA evidence. Mm-hmm. We have enough to be able to, like, lock him in at the place. So they go and arrest A.D. and Cassandra. Um, and they go to A.D. first, and they're like, what happened? And mm-hmm. A.D.'s like, okay, I lied. <laughs> he folded real he quick. He folded real quick. But he sings and says that it was Cassandra. Now, his story mm-hmm. is that Cassandra choked her with, choked Celia with the belt. Mm-hmm. And then he, she called him to help come cover up the crime. Mm. To which then Cassandra poured gas on Celia's body and set her on fire. Now, he doesn't give a reason or a motive mm-hmm. as to why. Like, I think mm-hmm. he alludes that, you know, she, jealousy, you know, jealousy mm-hmm. and all of that. But it just doesn't line up, right, mm-hmm. with the the story that we've kind of presented so far. The facts is that Cassandra always knew he was involved with mm-hmm. other women. Why all of a sudden would Celia be such of a threat? Threat, especially mm-hmm. when they were on the outs. They mm-hmm. weren't even really, mm-hmm. you know, um, on at the time. So I think the police kind of felt like, oh, we don't know if we believe this story. Mm-hmm. So they go to Cassandra. Cassandra, they're like, listen, this is your time. Mm-hmm. This is your time to say something and to tell the truth. And so she says that Celia had went to AD's house mm-hmm. to break things off once and for all. Now, remember, that that was what AD initially said in the mm-hmm. beginning, too, that they were supposed to meet up that mm-hmm. night, but that she just didn't show. Right. So I think... Mm-hmm. This is kind of check. It's kind of clocking a little Mm -hmm. bit here, Um, and so she says that when she went to go break it off, Ad got angry. He strangled her to death, and then he called Cassandra and was like, "I I messed up. I I killed her." And so then they drove around trying to figure out what the heck to do, which also clocks with them being in Stark, Florida, not knowing, and then showing up mm-hmm. at, at, at her the gas at station, the gas station right, showing all up of that. at the foster, home, foster family's home. All of this seems to be lining up, mm-hmm. and they eventually dump Celia's body and set it on fire. So, like, the police is looking at these two stories, and they're saying, this actually makes more sense. It's more plausible. At the end of the day, they will never know 
exactly what happened that night, but this seems more plausible with the set of facts that goes with the evidence. Right. And so um, they ended up giving Cassandra a plea deal in exchange for her testimony. She received two years and she was released in 2012. And then AD, with all of the evidence stacked against him, including Cassandra's testimony, he just went ahead and pled guilty to second-degree murder, and he was sentenced to 45 years. And he's scheduled to be released in 2053. Yeah. So that's the story. Wow. Okay, so what do you think... Um, from a lawyer's perspective, do you think women who commit crimes uh, in a situation where it's like this, or just who commit crimes in general, do you think they get a lighter sentence um, in relation to their male counterparts? I think that they can. I, I, I would be, you know, remiss to, like, just give such a blanketed, like, statement, statement on mm-hmm. that without really research, you know, mm-hmm. I, it... it that's kind of stuff that scares attorneys. We don't mm-hmm. like to stick to one specific thing. But I do think that it it's it's definitely possible. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, oftentimes we we as a culture look at women as being the weaker vessel mm-hmm. and people that are just easier to sway, to, you know, steer mm-hmm. and um oh, they couldn't do this mm-hmm. on their own. They mm-hmm. had to have been, you know, steered the wrong mm-hmm, way mm-hmm. and I and and honestly like when I first listened to this case or researched this case and like learned about the facts of this case I was like so enraged that she got such a light sentence mm-hmm. um but I do think that she I don't think she killed Cassandra yeah I do or, think, or Celia so, uh, mm-hmm. yeah I'm sorry I don't think she killed Celia but I do think that Cassandra um you know, aided in the, the, you know, the aftermath. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if two years is enough. Like, you know, like, but at the same time, I do think that she shouldn't have gotten what he got. Right. So I do think it's fair that they got different sentences, Mm -hmm. but I don't, I just think that it was just too light of a sentence. And I think his sentence is too light. Mm -hmm. Like 45 years, I, to me, um, I don't know why the state decided to to take a plea deal mm-hmm. here with him because and if they did why they went to second degree murder because mm-hmm. it's very obvious that this mm-hmm. is like you you could call this a first degree right. murder um and then just what they did to the body afterwards seems so it just to me I'm like this is a lifer mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a lifer but yeah what are your thoughts um so, I feel like... I just wanted to know that, but I think you did a great job explaining it. But my opinion of this case is, like... I, it's kind of funny because... Um, <laughs> I guess I've kind of put myself on blast a little bit. <laughs> but if you know, then you know me that I had an ex that I was with from, like, senior year to um, maybe, like, the first two years of college. And um, I recently, like came across his picture and I was like oh my god like if ugly Gucci had a baby (laughs) or a cousin (laughs) this would be him and I was just like oh my gosh like and it's so funny like I screenshotted that and sent it to like 
like my friend group and uh, my cousin. And I was like, I don't know what I was thinking. My God, 20 year old Steph was just out here wild. We all have those in our past right (laughs) but I learned so many lessons in that relationship and you know I feel like there are so many mistakes that you you I'm glad I made those in my 20s because you know I don't know if I made like if I would have married that man lord that would have been a divorce under my belt (laughs) (laughs) so I feel like with Celia like she was just on the cusp of being 21 learning about a relationship that wasn't obviously good for her but sometimes you got to learn those lessons however this particular lesson was so hard right Right. like she lost her life she lost her life behind this list right and I'm just like so I feel like and I hope to do this with my girls and I know I mean I feel like my mom taught me all the right stuff I just kind of made my own path and I think the prayer has to be Lord let my child be able to recover from the mistakes that she makes and let them not be everlasting um but because because i know i was taught right and i made some i fumbled the play but they weren't everlasting mistakes but i just feel like in your 20s you know be free like don't don't try to commit to anybody like date around and at the moment you see those red flags get out of there i mean you're learning who you are right um in your 20s especially your early 20s and i i I, you know, I've I have gone back and forth between like, should you do it date free in your twenties or mm. should you like? I feel like there's been times where I'm like, no, just be free, just kind of you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that can be right for some people. And then I think it can be right that you find who is right for you, mm-hmm. and y'all recognize it in your twenties, and you you know, yeah. and y'all are both on the same page, and nobody is acting crazy, and everybody is ready to be committed, and but. I think more likely than not, you know, in your 20s, you're learning who you are. Mm -hmm. And, like, even who I learned I was in my 20s, that evolves as you get older and life changes and seasons in your life happens Mm -hmm. and circumstances come. But, yeah, I do think that I think the biggest thing here for for Celia and, like, girls like her, which I think we all – I was like her, like, Mm -hmm. you know, is – when you recognize a red flag Mm -hmm. and I'm sure we don't know all of the facts and circumstances of their relationship. We know the high level, like what led to this crime, but like there, I'm sure were red flags even before he beat her, even before, you know, all of this came about. Mm -hmm. And I think we just have to be very vigilant about walking away Instead of saying, but I see potential. And Mm -hmm. I think so often we're like, oh, but I see potential. Mm -hmm. But he's so good. And I just, he's so kind. He's Mm -hmm. so sweet. But when he's on, he's on. But it's like, yeah, but girl, when he off. Girl, he all the way off, girl. Like, and that is not what's up. So I just think that, like, recognizing the red flags and then saying, and the way you recognize them is writing them down. Mm. Like, these are things that I absolutely... W- and I think you have to be careful because you don't want to write stupid stuff. Like, mm-hmm. girl, if he don't, like... He ain't gonna give me water burger <laughs> when I said I was when hungry. When I said I want... Or, like, the way he chewed. Like, okay, nobody's saying that. Like, we're talking about, like, true red flags that, like, mm-hmm. really are a sign of... This is something that, 
This is if I had flaw. to marry him, right. I don't know if I could I live could with. not live with this. Like, if he never changed, and that was something that I remember getting that advice, like, mm-hmm. when I was dating, like, if this person never changed this thing, like, if this never changed about this person, mm-hmm. and they did this for the rest of your life, like, would you be okay with that? Mm-hmm. Like, could you live with that? And if the answer to that is no, like, I would lose my absolute mind then that is a red flag for you absolutely and you need to be able to walk away knowing that there's something else and i know sometimes it doesn't think you don't feel like there's something else Mm -hmm. on the other side of it you feel like oh my god this is my world this is he's everything Mm -hmm. but there is something on the other Mm -hmm. side of it Mm-hmm. That's my, I mean, that's a soapbox for me. And yep. I, could, I well, could go stand there. on it, girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, stand on it. Stand up. Yeah. But um, I totally agree. And it's so funny. I had an interesting conversation with a friend today. And um, the reality of it is, is that once you get into a relationship and you see those red flags, you don't know the potential of that person and what they could possibly do to you. So when you do see those red flags, Be vigilant to stop it as soon as you can, as soon as possible. Because this person, and I guess the way my crime (laughs) works, you know, I said this today. I said, you know, the the saying, the old adage that, that, you know, our parents used to say, grandparents used to say, if you can cheat, you can steal. If you can can steal, steal, you can can kill. kill. (laughs) And listen, baby, that's the truth. It is. It's the truth because no no amount of vetting you can do, background checks, all of that, can promise you that this person may one day just not stop and kill you. you. Because you say you're you're done. You finally have reached your breaking point. Mm -hmm. So, I think it's so important. I think that's the takeaway. Um, And yeah. yeah, be so vigilant about the red flags. Like, think the worst case scenario with right. the red flags. Like, don't think best case scenario with right. red flags. Like, think worst case. Worst case. Yeah, that's really good. Get I think out. that's good advice. Absolutely. Well, I hate this happened to Celia, but I do think the one thing that does, like, I mean, and it's it's sombering, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, she lost her, her life and her family and friends will forever have a missing hole um, in their lives as a result of her death. Um, but you know, what we're hoping to do here is not just bring awareness to crimes that happen in the black community, but also to be able to learn from these, these situations as Mm -hmm. best as we possibly can in a hope that like, we don't, we can like not allow history to repeat itself. Right. And, and I think that's, that's the strength in these stories. Like they're, they can help other people. Like, that's the legacy of those people. Like, they leave a cautionary tale for you not to repeat some of the mistakes or stuff they could have done different. Even if it wasn't a mistake, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, just to just be vigilant. So, we can't wait to see who wins the giveaway. And we will see you guys back next Thursday. No, but for real. Next Thursday. Thursday. All right. Bye.